Hi everyone, welcome to the Reitzel Brothers Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Curtis. We are the co-hosts of this podcast. We are investor-focused realtors working with our clients to help them build massive wealth in real estate. This is a place where we talk about real estate investing, wealth, and giving back. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and join our private real estate investor group on Facebook called the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. Links are in the description. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Reitzel Brothers podcast. I'm Matt Reitzel, and I'm here with none other than Curtis Reitzel. Uh, today, we have a few things that we are, uh, you know, on the docket for discussion. Uh, first, I just wanted to throw it over to Kurt, say what's new with you, anything uh, exciting going on in your life over the past couple of days? Not much other than um, this weekend was spent working um which is great a lot of showings and offers and and stuff that was going on so that was great um yeah that's been, good to hear so uh real estate is going well good uh it's it's oh i mean yes real estate's moving and, and shaking which on that front it's good um it's definitely more of a seller's market uh, definitely more it is a seller's market in the water mm-hmm. region so it's 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 tough for buyers right now um you know just you know in competitive situations on on lower price point properties and even you know mid to the upper um you know midish upper you know 600 700 they're still are you able to bring this a little bit closer yeah my mic yeah your mic yeah can you just a little bit closer is that better that's better yeah cool um yeah it's just yeah i mean like overall just a competitive market so it's it's uh it's just interesting to try and get these deals together um, you know, we just need more inventory in the Wilder region. That's just what we need. We need like 1,500 more uh, listings in our area. <laughs> that's that. a lot to ask. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, so that's what we need. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great market to be a part of. And it is what it is. The market's the market. So this is a negative comment. It's just, you know, it's 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 tough out there for buyers, right? So you need to make sure your financing's good before we start looking at homes uh, and or properties and just make sure to, uh, you know, to go, to go as strong as, as, as makes sense for you. Right. Um, mm. and also, you know, just offer based off of the comparables based off what's happening in the neighborhood. So yeah, that's, what's been going on with me this weekend is real estate. And then, but yeah, I've been kind of on, on Netflix relaxing a bit and, interestingly enough watching the shark tank oh, which yeah. is all those i mean five five entrepreneurs and and investors they i mean if if you're not familiar with shark tank then an investor comes on they pitch what their company's doing for uh an equity position in the company and it's actually really interesting to watch um and all the different characters and how they cut it all up and edit it um it's really interesting yeah. and just to see you know what being on the other side sitting in those chairs as those wealthy individuals and um having these investors and business owners come and come and pitch them on their business um it's it's interesting it's very like i remember listening somewhere that a lot of the pitches are you know an hour to two hours long depending on 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 how long it actually takes to do the full pitch for the company and answer questions and a company would deal they cut it down well it takes like two minutes yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I take yeah. Yeah, they that, that was one thing I noticed as we sort of binge watched like five episodes um was just how dramatic they they make it. Yeah. You know? Uh, if a pitch was an hour, I, I feel like I don't feel like any of those would take that long, but if that's the case, then Yeah, I mean I I don't know for 100% certainty, but that's that's what I heard that it takes it takes longer than what it takes on TV. Mm-hmm. But I think sense. that's it's a great opportunity from both sides as the person who's either running the like the small to in some cases like medium-sized businesses that these people are operating um and then also from the investor side just from the from the point of you know you're you're at a stage in your life where you have some excess capital that you're looking to you know put out into the world um, to get a great return, but also just, it kind of hit me. It's kind of like your money's good for the good it can do. It just kind of wraps back around to that. These people have the, the means to be able to impact somebody else's business and grow together and actually benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And the, one of my favorite parts about that show is when they do the little snippet of the success story where they look back on a business that mm-hmm. one of the sharks invested in like a year ago or two years ago. And just to see how much that person's life has changed, essentially having, because obviously in most cases they're creating a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's not just, okay, here's a hundred grand, go do your thing. I want 10% of the business, um, which on paper, yeah, that is what a lot of them are. But at the same time, you're getting like Kevin O'Leary or Damon John or any of these other wealthy individuals as a as a partner yeah. and, and their businesses. And they all offer different sort of specialties like Damon John with his clothing. And then you have like Mark Cuban with the sports background and mm-hmm. – um, just very very interesting to be in a place where you can say yeah i'm i'm willing to you know invest 100 grand into you and to have that turn profitable for the investor and also just how impactful that is for the person who just has their small you know like hummus business and the one guy had a little hummus business or like they have like this apple cider or the one lady was doing like cider dr- drinkable mm-hmm. ciders and um I'll, just the the success stories make me really happy just to see you know people partnering together and having a having an impact in the world providing a great product or providing a great service whatever it is um just seems really cool and it's exciting just to sort of be able to future pace ourselves to you know when we're uh in in more of a position to like invest in other people's businesses yeah i think that's going to be really fun yep to be able to have a friend come to you and say, yeah, I want to start blah, blah, blah business. You know, I already have this much in sales, whatever. It's like, okay, this is, this sounds great. I mm-hmm. want in. How can we team up? Yep. Obviously we can do that, that now to a certain extent, just to be able totally. to be like, Hey, here's, here's two fifty K let's, let's blow this thing up. Seems very exciting to me. Well, and I think one of the, well, there's a few different points on it. Um, that I that I really like about the show, one is as you mentioned, together er, everybody achieves more. Mm-hmm. So these so these business owners are coming in and saying, hey, if you invest, you know, two hundred thousand, I'll give you ten percent of the company, and you know, here's what I you know I'm gonna do with the business, blah 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 blah, and it's like it's exciting 
to the business owner, it's exciting to the investor, and it's just a win-win for mm. everybody. And you notice the best deals are are always win-win. And I think I think that's a really good point to note is together everybody choose more at the end of the day uh there's really no other way to go about doing it for long term that's going to be successful and on on another point that i think is interesting is like there's no wonder that these individuals become extremely wealthy is because they're investing in these businesses and the valuations are growing over time Mm. and and you know a lot of these investments we, you know the majority of the public don't you know don't have access to because they're not at that wealth level and you see all these big businesses or say like Mark Cuban and you know Damon John that are really wealthy they have different opportunities for different businesses there's obviously different risks and there's different things to know but they have all these other opportunities that somebody that you know makes 80 grand or 100 grand a year doesn't have because of their wealth level and because of the money that they have access to and and all that and it's not that that's good or bad or right or wrong it's just it is what it is they have access to different opportunities and obviously being on that show helps too but i think that's that to me is an interesting point and the last one i want to mention is being a business owner as you go to work every single day to make the business more profitable to increase sales to decrease expenses you're growing your wealth which is exciting because you're growing it within the evaluation right Right. so they come on and they say hey i want you know two hundred thousand for ten percent of my company meaning that their company is worth x right um well that'd be two million right like two hundred thousand for ten percent yep 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 Yep. so then they're saying the business worth two million and you know a couple years before is probably worth one and a half or one Mm. or eight hundred thousand and you know, you owning a percentage of that gives you like that, that's to your net worth right there. Assuming that, I mean, depending on the debt they have with the company and the business, but that's exciting knowing that every day as a business owner that you go to work and assuming that you're, you know, increasing the, um, the profitability, the business is going up in value and that goes right to your net worth. You can't say that about having a job. The job just the job gives you the ability to make a paycheck to save up money to invest in real estate or to invest in your own business to then do that which to me that's just cool because every day that we get to go to work as business owners we're going and we're increasing our business and we're increasing the value of the business every time that you make it more profitable which is just really cool right it's not to say that being an employee is bad it's just you know, you don't have a direct impact as, I mean, as an employee, you're making your employer, like you're making their company more profitable, which is great. They're like there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. But you're making them wealthy because mm. they're the ones that own the company. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, to see those sharks in those chairs, like none of them are employees. Mm-hmm. They might look at themselves as, you know, I work for my employees because that's how they view what they do. Maybe some of them do. But at the end of the day, all of them are entrepreneurs, business owners. And that's how they sit in that chair. And the and the, the reason they got there in a lot of the circumstances is because they're providing so much value. Yep. Right? They are providing jobs. They're providing opportunities to a lot of other people. That's the only reason that the quote-unquote universe is like giving it back 
to them. They're mm-hmm. providing value, so they get value. Mm-hmm. And one thing I really um, admire and also just find extremely entertaining is Kevin O'Leary and his just whole aura yeah. around um, just the way that he communicates. Like, he calls himself Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> like, what kind of guy do you have to be, you know, to just, like, call yourself Mr. Wonderful? And um, He makes himself definitely, I mean part of that show i know i remember listening to that too where a big part of that show is built around him because he's in the middle chair too which that doesn't really that doesn't really that does it stations you right in the the yeah console right yeah he a big part of that show is him and his brash personality and his tell it to your face yeah, I think that really attracts a lot of people to watch a business show like that, because if it was all just come on here and it's all sunshine and rainbows and really nice, I don't think anybody would really watch it. But yeah. since you come on and he's like, yeah, you know, if you if you don't make a profit in 36 months, you know, my rule of thumb is if you don't make a profit in 36 months, you take it behind the barn and you shoot it. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that last night. That's how he literally said that he's out to one investor. Yeah. And it's just, he's telling it how it is. Bit of an, bit of a, a jerk. You might want to call that, but at the end of the day, yeah. he's love it or love him or hate him. I think his, his capacity to just stare you in the face and tell you exactly how it is. He's like, I remember the one time he was like, you know, for, for 200 grand, you know, like 10% equity stake, like, you know, where I'm at in my life right now, that's just not showing me the love. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like straight up, just you, you can tell he's had a lot of, a a lot of time at a negotiating table with individuals with a lot of zeros going on and just doing a lot of doing a lot of deal making and negotiating and just staring you in your face and going, that's not enough love for me at at, at 10% equity. I need 15. And just, I, I find it really entertaining because that's, I guess it's not exactly my personality type to Mm -hmm. just like stare you in the face and kind of, I don't know. I, I guess I try to play to personality types maybe a little bit more and Mm -hmm. he's just, he is who he is and you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. And there's something admirable about it and also just entertaining. Um, well, there was the one too. Sorry. Um, I just want to finish like one thought here. No, this is good. When um, last night there was like, it was Lori, which is one of the other sharks and Kevin, they were just kind of, they were both offering on, on, um, on, on, on a business. And uh, Lori was, I guess, I think offering like 200,000 for 10%. And Kevin was offering 15, um, 200,000 for 15% and Kevin's just like, yeah, so the difference in the 5% is because I'm Mr. Wonderful and you're paying a premium. <laughs> and I just like, it's, it was just funny to me, but it's, it's, it's interesting how when there's a really good business in front of all the investors and there's a couple interested now, all of a sudden the, the tables, cause at the end of the day, the, you know, the sharks hold, I guess the power and the unlock to the money and to, being able to pour that gasoline into the business to help it grow but the tables it's it's interesting to watch the tables turn a bit true when and someone now, presents to them and actually like really good business yeah it's a good business they know their stuff and it's good leadership and then you see now the investors are starting to um 
compete against each compete, other. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, like you don't need Lori over there because of whatever connection she's got. You don't need it, but you need me because I have Landmark and I have, you know, the Dallas Mavericks and blah, blah, blah. It's just interesting to see the tables turn and that even though they're extremely wealthy by whatever measure that you want to gauge all those sharks, they still need to sell. And, and they need to sell themselves on, you know, they came in, the business owner came in at $200,000, went $200,000 for 10%, while now the shark wants to invest $200,000 for 15%. Now the shark needs to sell on, right? right? Like it's just it's just negotiating back and forth, and it's, it's very interesting to watch. So, yeah. The Shark Tank is a great show. I don't know. I have fun with it. Also realizing that they do they do kind of jack up the entertainment a bit. You oh, know, for they, sure. It's they so make it fun. Drama. Yeah, so, they, so much drama. And yeah. I think they 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 do cuts a lot to make like the I I really don't feel like the conversation that you're viewing is going exactly how the conversation went. No. I think they're cutting it up and making it more dramatic and they do all the music to to do that too. It's it's good TV stuff. Yeah. So what's on the docket today? What do we got? Well, that uh, it kind of ties in perfectly. I know one thing we wanted to talk about was money habits. And, um, you know, w- when you look at those individuals, it didn't happen overnight. And the reason I think it kind of overlaps with the money habits talk that we we're going to have is I think those individuals who are on the panel, they're the, the sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, over time, been able to show that they have good money habits and what i mean by that is and this this is something that we've personally adopted and what's really allowed us to buy investment properties it was just like a mind shift i remember jim Rohn talking about this um and his sort of basic principle was you live on 70 percent, and then you have this this magical 30 percent. what do you do with that right and he's got the three things you um you you have your account that's for tithing for mm-hmm. charity giving away then you have your ten percent for investing and your ten percent for savings. The actual percentages don't necessarily matter, and I think the the key differentiator for me was you're paying yourself first because that thirty percent just comes off the top and you put it into your your saving account, your charity account, and your investing account. And whether that's you're living off 70% or if you can live off of less, it all depends on what stage you are at in your life. I remember there was a there was a certain period where I was able to live off way less than that. And then tons, I was putting like 30% into an investment property account. And so were you. So we were able to save up money very quickly. And also just, I, I really enjoyed the, the like giving away account too. Because mm-hmm. you have a couple hundred bucks in there. You just go put them into $5 bills and you can just like give them around to people who are asking for money. Of course you can do whatever you find charitable mm-hmm. to yourself. I'm not suggesting any particular way to give your money away, but that whole, like that mentality too, of being able to give money away, even if you're not sitting on a ton of money, I feel like it just keeps the cycle of money going psychologically. You're like, I'm, I'm able to help out here. So, mm-hmm. you know, you help a little bit here. And then maybe a couple of days later, a little bit of help comes to you from another angle. It, anyways, the whole, the whole. Yeah. Idea like you're here talking is like energy flows yourself. and whatnot. 
right yeah, yeah. just that that's kind of like a universal energy flow of of just good karma of money good karma yeah, yeah. and you're not you and you're not giving that. you're not giving and i know you like you're not giving so you can receive in the future uh, you know i get what you're getting at you right. know it's 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 about energy and it's i mean not necessarily believing in karma but like you know i think if you i mean like do good to people it's just it's mm-hmm. and and just be a good person and and not to say that you need to give dollars the way to do that but you know giving away money every now and again it, it makes you feel good and i don't think there's anything better there's not a better feeling than than giving money away and giving and giving to people like it doesn't necessarily need it to be feels money, really but, good man yeah <laughs> but giving it like it's it's, it's awesome like yeah. every time that i've given i mean certain items i guess without saying them because i don't know who's listening <laughs> um it feels amazing you know it, yep. it's just it feels amazing and a lot of the stuff that i've done i i don't even think you know <laughs> which is cool like it's, yeah it's not for that purpose to say oh i did this i did that not at all it's you got to do what you gotta do what feels good for you right but the money habits is is so important and and because then once you receive a paycheck or if you're in a business and you make a sale or you make a bunch of sales or whatever the case is however you make your income now once you make that income having a model for what you do with it so for us we immediately put aside money for taxes right off the top non-negotiable goes into a tax account and then once um you know january february comes around we get our taxes done um as as soon as we can uh so we get that done and then that money then that's the dollar that's the number that we work off of to put 70% or 30% depending on the ratios and the ratios can change over time. But I think the goal is to put as much money as you can into the investment account as possible and to get your living down, uh, you know, as far as you can as possible. Now paying yourself first is, is really important and it's tough to do. Um, and then paying and then putting money into a living account to obviously pay your bills cause you need to live. But having some sort of model to work off of for when you make a paycheck or when you make a commission or whatever the case is, it makes it easier because then you don't need to think about it. And then also too, you know, because I put I put five percent of what I make right into a giving account, and then you know there's a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand bucks, and then you get to get to potentially do something cool with it. And then it doesn't feel guilty too, like you know, because you have the money sitting there. It's like if you have an account to invest money back in your business. Well, now you have $5,000 to invest back in your business. Now you don't feel guilty pulling money out of another account because you put that money there on purpose. Not to say that you're just going to blow the 5,000 just to blow it. You're going to be smart about it, but it's the same thing with the real estate investment account. Now the money's there. You put that money aside. That's the purpose of it. Now you're going to go make a real estate investment. And it's just, it just, I don't know. It's, it's so much easier to do it that way. Um, and at the beginning and, and still for us, it's, you know, our, our living expenses have re- remained pretty much the same since we started. Um, and we're just shoveling money into, into a real estate investment account, obviously after we pay taxes. Um, and then, and then we have our living expenses and that's about, that's about our life right now. And then obviously giving and putting money into reserve account, um, stuff like that. But having, having a percentage and at the beginning keep the percentage towards your 
towards investing as high as possible. Yeah. And another, uh, another thing I've been thinking about lately, and I, I feel like I've known this for a long time, just in the way that I, that I act, maybe not all the time, but, um, if you can save a dollar on your monthly expenses, you just added a dollar. Yeah. I know everyone's all crazy about cash flow, cash flow, cash mm-hmm. flow, right? And obviously cash flow is the income minus the expenses and what's left over. So if you can look at your monthly expenses, and this is something that I do every single month, and I'm kind of keeping my different expenses accountable. Do I really need this? Mm-hmm. Something that you can cut immediately just gave you cash flow. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't need to watch Netflix, I forget how, how much Netflix costs actually. It just kind of happens, but that's like $20. I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. If you don't need Netflix and you're not watching it that much and you, you cancel that, you just increased your cash flow by 20 bucks. Yep. So looking at, just looking at things a bit differently because there's a lot of things that I've, you know, signed on for monthly subscriptions, blah, 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 that you just don't need. Mm-hmm. You cut it. Oh, now I got some more cash flow. You might mm-hmm. not think of it like that, but mm-hmm. for all my frugal people out there, that's. Well, it's simple. It, you know, yeah. it, it's simple, not easy because there's a lot of people and me included for a while where I didn't look at my expenses just because I didn't want to have to deal with it. Right. And then, and I knew that I was signed up for all this dumb stuff. And, and then, you know, having like actually knowing what your expenses are because then you can cut this stuff. And yeah, you know, like being able to cut it is now increased your cash flow and increased money that you can put aside to invest or to do whatever you want with it. It's just like, yeah, increasing cash flow. Great. There's two ways to do it. <laughs> income and expenses. You can increase mm. the income when not decreasing the expenses that works, or you can do both. If you do both, then you're winning on both ends. Or you can keep income the same and decrease the expenses, and they and there you go. You didn't have to increase the income. Yeah, like, this is this is one hundred and one money, but it's <laughs> yeah. It's like what do you do with the dollar? Yeah, it's kind of like the basic. It doesn't um, doesn't matter how many of them that you have. You can start this at any point, but you you choose what you do with the dollar. So if you make one dollar, are you putting thirty percent of it aside? into yourself yeah or whatever the number is i know a lot of people a little bit further along in life you might have a lot more payments maybe you got to live off 95 percent, and it's just five goes into that other thing and it's like one one and three or whatever the numbers are Mm -hmm. um anyways the idea here is just you have a framework for when a dollar comes in you don't have to think about it Mm -hmm. once you have this set up you make a dollar and it just you just put it through Mm -hmm. you put it through the system and mm-hmm. you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, all these different accounts are being affected. Um, do you have anything to say on that, or but we can switch to the next uh, item here? No, I don't. I don't. I, I don't have anything else to say on that other than just you know it's it's about developing models that successful people have done that you can just work off of, and it saves you all this time. That that's really at the end of the day, money and money is no different, right? So then once you get money in your life you already know, okay, I'm gonna put this amount away for this, 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 this. And then it's all it's all just ratios. And you can and you can switch ratios. Like they're not locked forever. And for some people, like you mentioned that, you know, maybe, you know, they have a lot more living expenses and they need to put a bigger percentage towards living. Well, just by putting something away for investing or something away for or or immediately paying off bad debt, which is you know, which is a way of helping out with your monthly cash flow because it can decrease payments like it's just starting to build that habit so maybe it's 95 5 and then after a year 
you're able to break it down to 90 10 and then after a year, you know another year it's 85 15 and then 80 20 and you're just not to say that it needs to get so low but you're just building that habit of looking at your expenses and living off less than you can earn and increasing your income you're just starting to have a different level of awareness around um around your income and expenses that's true so. and you, you 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 definitely need to live today and enjoy today yep but there is a chance that you might also live tomorrow mm-hmm. and you might be alive in a year and in 20 yeah. years and i i like the idea of just like trying to take care of future matt whether i exist or not mm-hmm. whether i'm actually gonna be here in 20 years the probability is i mean fairly likely i suppose mm-hmm. um so yeah it's not all about just like saving for the future like enjoy yourself today i know there's like that advice so if you don't buy a coffee like if you cut your coffee a day you'll be a millionaire in whatever 40 years or something yeah. like that if you need a coffee enjoy one like or you can make one at home and you make know, one it's, yeah it's, you can save money there too it's just like yeah it's just having the awareness right because you can just be you know just have with and i feel like a lot of people and me included for a very long time and still on a lot of stuff i'm just unaware because yeah. i just i just don't have that ability to even think about it for some people they're buying coffees every day or buying two you know coffees in the morning and going back buying a coffee in the afternoon and donuts for you know everybody at work they don't even think about that they don't even think about oh crap like wow that was like a thousand dollars last yeah. year yeah which there's nothing wrong with spending that thousand dollars if that's what you enjoy and it's just understanding what you're doing and just having that awareness that okay i'm doing it you know i'm inserting my card and or i'm paying cash or whatever like just having the awareness i feel like is so much more important because it's like us now that we've been tracking our net worth for like three-ish years you just have awareness like the number isn't like the number changes because of prices and because of everything but at least you have an idea about um about the range of where it's at and you just have an awareness of where you're at in your financial journey it's just awareness i i also think that where the world is at with finances too just like credit cards and debit cards it makes it a little bit harder to like keep your hands on what's going on exactly mm. like back in the day everyone just had all cash and like even when i was younger it was i had money in my account but i would usually just spend cash mm-hmm. when i was out and about and now I like virtually never have cash. So it's mm-hmm. so easy just to tap away mm-hmm. um, and just money flies off. Even with like you can pay on your phone online. It's just a couple taps and there yeah. goes money. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to pull it out and go, oh, I have 300 right here. I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's just different. So you need to you don't need to do anything. Um, but it's I find it important myself just to have a, a regular look at what's going on there. Yeah. If you focus on it, it will expand. Yeah. Now we wanted to switch over to the next topic. Um, just a quick sort of market update for the Kitchener-Waterloo area. I'm just going to go through the stats, Kurt, and then if you have any comments, then you can add them. Um, so this is for the uh, the month of June 2020, obviously, um, in our Kitchener-Waterloo area. So we have some average prices for uh, single-family homes, uh, average price right now in all of KW is uh, six ninety eight. I'm just gonna round so six hundred ninety eight thousand for a single family. Uh, average price for a semi is five oh four, 
average townhouse price uh, 457,000 and then for a condo 373 and then average days on market just so you're aware for a single family and semis are both 15 townhouses are 16 and condos are 24 so the, that's a very low um, average days on market by the way just so our, our viewers know um, and that's the average so of course that includes our million dollar plus properties which mm -hmm. typically sit on the market for longer than that and then obviously there's the properties that you hear about that mm -hmm. that sell in a day or two that of course still happens when you have 500 ish listings on your board when you, you like when a balanced market was like 1500 to 2000 you can kind of expect things to sell quickly yep when you're the only home for sale in the neighborhood and you have this this pent-up demand our area is very uh there's there, there's such a high demand for our area and especially uh it makes sense when you look from the outside in i feel like a lot of people kind of lose sight of you know how uh how desirable this area is because you don't spend any time outside of it mm -hmm. if you live in toronto you look at us and you're like oh my goodness i can get the same house for like half the price mm -hmm. um so a lot of people are kind of moving from gta towards us and um yeah it's it, it's interesting when you see a house you know and of course i know we've mentioned this list price is not the same as sale price so when well, it's set, not when, the same as market value, yeah, right? Which yes, which is so yeah, yeah. That is what I meant. Um, a seller can list for whatever they want, mm -hmm. so it's important to look at the comparables, and then also where do you think things are going to go in the future? Obviously, I don't have a crystal ball, mm -hmm. but I feel like paying paying market value for real estate, you're just, I mean, the the sure thing, at least from an from, I mean, if you live in it too, is the mortgage is going to get paid down over time. Mm -hmm you're automatically saving you're you're stuffing that money into the mm -hmm. property you can't touch it and as as an investor that's amazing especially if you're in a at least break even or cash flowing situation you know for sure that in 25 years if you do 25 year mortgage that the mortgage is going to get paid off mm -hmm. and the property is going to be worth whatever it's worth probably at least what it's worth now mm -hmm. no crystal ball but 25 years there's never been a period of 25 years where mm -hmm. it's not been doing good. Mm -hmm. Anyways, do you have any comments at all that you want to make on? Well, no, it's it's all this right now is, you know, the past 10 years of watching um, of watching the real estate market and watching prices, all it is is a supply and demand issue. It's yeah. just when it boils down, it's supply and demand. It's it's the population growth, which is which then factors into the demand. Um you know, just how, how fast we're growing. And it's awesome. You know, like we, you know, just the amount of growth that this area is experiencing and just, you know, the Gordon, I mean, the golden horseshoe, um, Southern Ontario in general, the amount of growth is like, it's awesome to be a part of. It's awesome to watch. And it's great. Like, like it, it's kind of a bit of a pat on the back for, for all of us that live here. Like, wow. You know, a lot of people want to come here. And that's, and that's a good feeling, you know, that, you know, people are, are really wanting to move here for the quality of life, for the jobs, for, you know, for all the activities and everything that our region has to offer, which that's a good feeling. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's supply and demand, you know, it's, 
there's there's not enough supply there's there's a lot of demand um and overall when you know when i see those numbers it's people people one of the main thoughts that come to my head is people are getting wealthy there's a lot of people in town mm. that you know had you know own own a house own a couple properties own a couple dozen properties own a couple hundred properties depending on the person and they're they're getting wealthy and you know what's funny is a lot of those people i say a lot of it pretty loose a lot of those people pretty loosely there's a certain percentage of those people who don't even realize that they've mm-hmm. like they don't realize the sheer like wealth yeah yep. like the amount um I guess we should mention that too. If you're listening to this and you live in the Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, Guelph area and you own properties um, and you're curious about what those properties are doing, we're yep. happy to chat. You can send us a, send us an email at the end of this. We'll uh, drop our cell phone numbers as well. Um, if you're curious just to get a, a value, because we've been doing that with a lot of our, um, you know, like people in our, in our network and past buyers and whatnot, just going, going over, um, what the properties are worth. Yep. And it's just amazing to see how, you know, the, you bought a property 10 years ago and just where you're at now. And a lot of these individuals are like, I had no idea. You well, know, this, like well, you this... think you're following it and it's, uh, it's just nice to know. So if you're curious, let us know. Well, there's one past client I remember in particular, um, where they were thinking about selling a handful of the properties that they had. And, just because of the monthly cash flow, they weren't really making the monthly cash flow that they were wanting mm. to. Um, and they've owned all of them for like 10 years ish. And I remember, um, you know, we sat down with them and um, turned out that they had like 2.5 ish million dollars in, 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 in equity buildup over like, that wow. time. Like it was something nutty. Um, and they didn't know. They were like, are you serious? And I'm like, well, because of the valleys and the way things have gone. Yeah. And it's just for a lot of people, they just don't know. Right. And nothing wrong that they didn't know. It's just, you know, like sometimes we're just looking at things, you know, as an owner, all we can see for a lot of the time, if you're not in the market every single day, all you're seeing is that rent coming in and then you're seeing your account and like, oh, I, I I only made 50 bucks times five properties, 50 bucks times 20 properties or whatever. What sometimes we all fair to, I mean, f- fail to see is the appreciation of those properties. And the past couple of years have been really good to everybody that owns real estate in the Wilder region. And more than likely it's going to continue to be really good as well. But the past couple of years have been really good and some people just don't know. So yeah, like Matt mentioned, if you do own properties in the Wilder region, let us know. We're more than happy to give you a market evaluation on those properties to see how 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 you have done and how your wealth has grown perfect well i know we uh we got to get running here was there anything else you wanted to mention nope. before i nope, sort nope. of sign us off i'm good okay well i just want to say thank you for everyone for listening or uh, watching if you're on youtube um don't forget to check out the tri-city real estate investor club on uh, meetups and facebook um we're going to be having some events coming up and uh, I usually ask Curtis how people can get a hold of him, but he can't remember his own phone number. So it's 226-406-3429. And then my cell phone is 519-998-1148. Um, if you do want to support us, you can do so mainly in two ways. If you're listening, just give us a five-star review on whatever uh 
podcast platform you're checking us out on. And uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, do all the great YouTube stuff. Like, you know, give us a like, make sure you sub, there's a notification bell. You can drop in the comments uh, what you might want to see in the future and uh, share with anyone who might find this valuable. Anything you want to say, Kurt? Nope, that was it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next episode. All right, bye.